Hello and welcome to The Game Is About Glory. I'm your host, Steph, and joining me are Ram and Milo. Hello, gents. How are you? Hey, Steph. Hi, Steph. I'm good, thanks. Very good. Very good. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm back. The power's on. The sun is shining. There's no wind or t- torrential rain. No trees falling everywhere. So uh, I think you're stuck with me for the rest of the pod is what I'm trying to say. So, um, But look, before we get cracking with our look back at the yeah that routine, uh, mundane, never in doubt, 2-1 victory over Brighton at the lane yesterday, I just thought with Valentine's Day around the corner, it's fitting that via his official Twitter or X account, whatever you call that bloody thing these days, uh, none other than Aussie Ard- Dealers confirmed that when it came to football, Bob Marley's one love was indeed the mighty Tottenham Hotspur. Gentlemen, this is just, it's just always a great thing, isn't it? When, when you come across more establishment of, of, of Bob Marley's love of mm. Tottenham. Who told us the idea, dealers? Was it Three Little Birds? Oh, that's great. That's really good. You got anything to add to that, Milo? Or should we just get jamming with this week's part? <laughs> Yeah, get on with it. Cool. Get could, on with it. All right, I couldn't see, but I did wince at myself after I <laughs> said that. Never wince at a pun of that magnitude, <laughs> my friend. That was very good, very good. But um, and I will just add that even Ziggy Marley was interviewed by a Rolling Stone journalist late last year, and he said, "Oh, that's why I supported Tottenham as a kid. It might make sense." So that's very good. Anyway, yeah, let's get into the nitty gritty of what was a really curious beast of a match against Brighton. Um, Ram was there. I was watching SF Spurs HQ, uh, which is Danny Coyles, with two friends of mine, Joe and Alyssa, who were visiting from Ohio. So uh, just a shout out to them if I can. Um, uh, Milo, where were you watching? Uh, at home, but I did, like bits and pieces. And then so watched most of the game today. So ah, yeah, very good. So you had the forensic view, and we we all had the the, the instant view. Is probably what what mm. yeah. It's a great way to it's a great way that we put this pod together. I think it's brilliant. Um, let's kick off the opinions with our new section opener. In a nutshell, <laughs> you were all spared last week of this giant discussion of this phrase, um, which I really enjoyed, but which uh, I think was kind of getting to. It was getting weird at one point, but it was great anyway. It was all sort of your yeah. I mean, you, your fingers you, were warming Milo up, and then Jay was in Milo's nutshell. It was getting odd. <laughs> you, you, you thought that you could nutshell an opinion. And you're the only person in the world who thinks that. Everyone else thinks is in a nutshell. So you, you'd actually, asked us for the, if, the second week actually, of the trot in, uh, to, to nutshell our views on the game. And actually, the, the if, first if, time you did it, the first time I, you did it, I was absolutely, I was perplexed and didn't know. I was like, maybe, maybe it's me. Maybe I don't know this phrase or that usage. And then I'd, I'd rolled over it for a week. I said, no, no, it's Steph who's the idiot. So I had to call you up on it. So... Oh, he's invoked the I word, has he now? I see. Well, number one, I must admit, I was uh, I was very cheeky here. I was uh, trying to say we weren't going to discuss it, but we will for a second. I, um, you know, this is how great language is born, by the way. Um, and so you can't be an innovator, which is the I word that I identify with rather more than the one that Milo just used in this sense. Um, but the other thing is that great bastion of, of, of uh, diction and language um, the Urban Dictionary has an entry for nutshelled. So yeah, yeah, can, it, it does happen. There's there's someone now. Look, it might be it might be like Joey in Peckham who <laughs> put that entry in the Urban Dictionary. But I'm, whoever that person is, <laughs> I thought you were going to pull out a bit of Shakespeare and make me look really stupid. But um, it's okay. no, 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 I would never, I would never want to make you look stupid. Uh, I would never, order. I would never call you the other yeah. I word either. Joey like, so, from Peckham yes. might be listening. That's right. That's right. Another innovator. And that's the yeah. I word that I would like. Anyway, let's. so that's the discussion that you were spared last week by the storm that didn't make it. Um, so be grateful that you didn't have to sit through that for a couple of minutes. <laughs> in, a, in a nutshell, chaps, uh, what did you think of our performance? Why don't we start with you, Ram? Uh, I thought we were a little bit disjointed and just lacked a little bit of sort of dynamism and pace but the intent of what we wanted to do was always there and we stayed true to Angeball but I think we struggled a bit with application especially in that first half um yeah I mean I think no watching it back today I I think we're a little bit better than the you know kind of the discourse I saw like during the game yesterday um you know Brighton are a decent team and they've given us some really competitive games over the last few years and you know, they're really well organised, they're well drilled, they're used to their system, they've got some good players. And 
you know, their tactic is to, you know, kind of draw teams on and then attack through them, uh, you know, at pace, you know, with really well-worked routines, and, and that's difficult to play against. Um, but I thought our press was pretty decent, and I think certainly, um, kind of the last, let's say the last 15 minutes of the first half through to kind of the, when we made the subs around the hour mark, you know, just after, just after our first goal, I thought we were really good. We played some really good uh, attacking football, and I think Brighton struggled with that. Um, it's just either side of that. I think it was a little disjointed, but yeah, it was, it was right. Yeah. I mean, for me, and I, I, I'll do this as a metaphor. That's how I can keep things in a nutshell and not go off, off piste, if you will. Um, I, I just, to me, it reminded me of, you know, an entire rather complicated, but dynamic system that was taken offline, uh, for some time by various, you know, technological and power impact. Uh, guess who sat through a storm last week that took out their power and internet for a while? But I mean, it really reminded me of watching a team that's, you know, the parts are all there again and the power's coming back. And, you know, the synaptic connections that they're, it's all coming back online. And it really did feel like this was another step forward in our system, our whole system, and I mean our whole squad, coming back online. I mean, that's that's how I would put the performance, and we'll get into the details, I know that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a really fair point. Um, yeah, if you look at our team, we've got a load of players, you know, who've managed to stay fit over the, you know, over the last you know, three months who've been running to the ground. And then we've got a load of players coming back from injury and a load of players coming back from international tournaments. And that's not a combination that really makes for you know you know composed team and i think you know i think the issue we've we've had recently which ricky and i touched on last week was that you know there's we we struggle to to control games and i think there was the you know there was instances of that in this game but yeah i I think you know both of those issues now we've got such a strong um you know first team is you know then I, i think they solve itself by us being able to rotate us being able to rest players and and these players back in so i'm quite hopeful that over the next um, you know few weeks, that should that should improve. Yeah, I mean, just to add before we di- you know do the deep dive, I, I think it's the devil is always in the details, especially with professional football. You know, the margins are so narrow, um, the, the timings are so important. The, the, the every little motion, every little like you know split second glance across your left or right, or in you know or training ground knowledge of where mm-hmm. someone's going to be, all those things are so important on a micro, micro, micro level. And and when those things are thrown off, it does take a, it does take a while to come back. So in a sense, every evaluation you have, you have to take that into account. Hmm. Okay, um, so I guess look, we'll, we'll touch on the team selection. Um, as you said in these notes, Milo, it was our best bench in God knows how long, right? Which it's probably as much about the bench this team selection as it was about the team, right? Yeah, I mean, in terms of the first eleven, we've got Saar coming in for his first start since coming back from Afcon, um, and. So yeah, for Hoybier, so Benton Kerr's dropping to the sixth role. Sarah and Madison as our eights, or Madison eight ten. Um, Decky starting on the on the right wing, so coming in for Johnson and um, yeah, Richie and uh, and uh, Werner, uh, the, you know the other two in the front line. And I think you know, given you know given what he had available, I think he picked the strongest eleven he had. You know, Sonny's played a lot of football. You know, we know that Jurgen loves to flog him, and you know they've had a few games where they've you know it's gone into you know, to added time and penalties. He's, you know, he's played a hell of a lot of football and he must be on a kind of emotional crash as well. Um, so, yeah, I think I think we started with the best best 11 we had available. Do you know, I would have been tempted to start Sonny uh, straight off the bat just and rest him later really? in the game if possible. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, wow. and just choice worked as well. I'm just, I'm willing to concede to his superior tactics on this occasion. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, our that's options very, on the That's bench. very nice of you. Yeah, no, I just, you know, I thought <laughs> I'd throw that in there. appreciates it. <laughs> I appreciate you, Ange. <laughs> um, but yeah, off the bench as well, like, you know, it's looked a lot healthier than it has in a long time. And I think if I put my Milo hat on and just think further forward and, and be a bit be a bit ruthless, I think, you know, you replace Royal, Skip, Hoybier with better quality additions, yeah. perhaps some more attack-minded players in there as well. And not only do we have a superb bench, but we've got a superb squad as well that we can pick and rotate the bench as, as, much, yeah. as, the, as much as the first 11. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good point. I think we're five or six players away from having, you know, really good like-for-like replacements. Mm. So, you know, I don't want to disparage some of the some of the um, cover at the moment, but there's stylistically, they're you know, we're, we're yeah. they're quite different, aren't they, to the players they're coming in for? Um, yeah, and that feels to me broadly doable this summer. Yeah, no, I, 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 I think there's, I would 
Absolutely agree. It's doable this summer. We're getting closer and closer to that uh, sort of magic moment where we do have two uh, similar players of commensurate quality for each position. And yeah, it's just nice to see options on the bench. And of course, we'll be discussing how important it is to have those options a little later. I mean, even between this game and the Everton game, the extra option we had off the bench made all the difference. Um, but look, the first half was a little bit of a struggle. Uh, there's no getting away from it. Um, you know, w- w- let's let's just, as we all recap on that, let's talk about how we, you know, each of us thought we played. I think we might all, there are maybe slightly different views there. Um, at, the question here is also, uh, you know, we conceded that penalty early. Um Let's let's have a view on that from from each of us as well. That might be a little different too. So whoever wants to t- actually Ram again, uh, we're going to start with you because you were the uh, the game is about glory, a representative at the game, and it's always interesting to hear that perspective. I think uh, first, so fire away. You've made copious notes. Now's your chance. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I I thought it was soft seeing it live and with no replay. I was like, I wasn't sure if it was a penalty. I noticed that the ref gave it straight away, like instantaneously. And then I think, you know, we were waiting for VAR to perhaps overturn it. Um, and it looks soft, but having watched it back, I don't think you can argue with it. Yeah, I agree. He, I mean, he just stamps on his foot. I mean, it's a penalty. Of course, I'll be the outlier here. Uh, at the time, I thought it was an extremely soft penalty. Um, and the more I look at it, I mean, look, is there contact? Yes. Um, but it's. It, I think that Welbeck's felt it and almost jumped up in the air and fallen over. But you know they're going to get given. I think a lot of it was to do with the with how Van der Ven went in. But I mean it's all academic. I mean it's not the sort of thing that generally gets turned over. And and VAR didn't turn it over. So. You've you kind of answered your question at the beginning, though, Steph. You said there is contact. So in the modern game, that is a penalty. You know it doesn't matter whether Welbeck makes a meal of it or not. And yeah. I think what's interesting actually is in the second half, there's um, Decky gets a shove in the back when he's coming through on goal and tries to stay on his feet. Mm. And doesn't I remember anything. that? And I thought he and, should go over. Yeah, yeah mm. uh, but but actually, you shouldn't need to go over in order to get a penalty. Correct. Welbeck should be able to stay yeah. on his feet. If 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 yeah. Van der Ven's stamped on his foot, it's a foul. He shouldn't need to go down in order to get the penalty, but you do. You know, and then with 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 Decky, Decky gets a shove in the back. He tries to stay on his feet. That shouldn't be penalised. Yeah, I think you you play advantage and then go back and, and award mm. the foul if he, if he doesn't get anything out of it. I think, but yeah. I think whenever we question penalties, and I think look, I'll speak for myself here, I, I certainly, when I look at a penalty in real time given against us, and there's been far more given against us this season than given for us, I believe we've only had one this season, which is really bizarre considering we're, I believe, the team that's had the most incursions into the opposition half, let alone box in the Premier League. Um, I, I'm definitely prejudiced by what we haven't had, um, because I agree with you, Milo. Consistently, if you're going to apply the rule, if there's contact in the penalty area that impedes a player to the point where they can't continue their action uh, in the progressive fashion they want, it should be a penalty. But so many times this season, I've seen us not get the benefit of that call. So I think I'm almost, there's almost like some sort of confirmation bias that, you know, people are against us in my head when I watch them. So dispassionately, you can't argue with it. It is contact in the box. It's going to be a penalty. But in the metric of what we don't get, I have to say I was a, I was a little grumpy about it. But yeah, anyway, anyway. But yeah, that being said, let's. How do we play? How do you think we? What in that first half? We've talked about it being a bit of a struggle. How? Why? Why? Yeah, I mean, what are your views on why that happened? I mean, I kind of I nutshelled this earlier on, Steph. So um, I think <laughs> welcome, <laughs> welcome to the Urban Dictionary Club. <laughs> Um, you are an, a part of the innovative uh, language club. We will revolutionise language on this pod. <laughs> I thought. Um, I thought you know the, the last fifteen minutes of the half. I thought we were a lot better. I, you know, I said you know I think that kind of that forty-five minutes from then onwards. I think we were the you know we were very 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 good. Um, and Brighton struggled to li- to live with us. I think before that um, we just weren't quite in our rhythm. We didn't have control of the game. I think our pressing was was uh, was all right. I don't think you know. Yeah, if Brighton hadn't got a penalty, I'm not sure they would have scored. Although you know they had a few a few chances throughout the game, kind of sail millimeters away from the from the post, and uh, Vic had a really good save, didn't he, just before that penalty? Um, mm. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I felt reasonably comfortable with how the game was going that aside, and then, but yeah, we weren't, we didn't have control, we weren't hitting our heights. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think, you know, I agree with that. Um, can I just say, in my notes, I wrote, like I said, when I was not shelling our performance, I feel a bit <laughs> but see, I feel def- you see, deflated. That no, but doesn't, that, but doesn't it feel good? To, doesn't it feel good to be a pioneer of language? It You're the pioneer. Ridiculous. <laughs> you, but it's comfortable usage. It's it's a great malleable it it's adjective. So um, it, it, yeah. it, it's 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 making a phrase. It's it's turning a fortune cookie into functional language in I'll our in our society. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do a field test of it. I'll start using it in my do daily it, yeah. life, and then I'll report back and see if everyone agrees. Well, yeah, let's just see what the reaction is. But um, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, Steph, I think just think you're like kind of. Modern version of Professor Stanley Unwin. That's where that's where I'm with it. <laughs> I just love the fact that uh, I teased it into the beginning, and here we are enjoying a discussion about it. I love it. I love it when the words when words when weird words become a point of discussion. It's already our, a winner for our listeners' benefit. Um, when we finished recording last week, Steph dropped off, and we we lost all of Steph's sound and. I had a kind of hasty job of recording drop-ins and then trying to edit it so it actually made sense. And we had a lengthy discussion on on <laughs> nutshelling uh, <laughs> last week. The week, yeah, the, yeah, we, we lost, we lost. So um, it's, <laughs> yeah. nice, it's, not, it's nice that it wasn't all complete, <laughs> it wasn't completely gone. <laughs> Whether we should bring it back. <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, um, back to your notes and, and yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I think uh, I thought we just lacked a bit of pace, and and we it felt. And everything I say now is caveated to to the fact of what you, both of you said earlier, which is it's all solvable and it's all understandable why certain things aren't quite happening for us at the moment so you know with the lack of pace a little bit jaded i thought when we were pressing um and it was it was quite easy for brighton to uh go through us as well you know when they were counter-attacking which is what they're they're brilliant at regardless you know um but i thought yeah i thought the fullbacks might were a bit too narrow and we didn't take chances with some balls over the top um timo and richie were making some really good runs actually like if, if we had been a bit earlier with our balls they would have been through because brighton you know were were would have been caught wanting there but um but also all solvable issues but um and we, we were talking about um you know Benton Kerr and uh, Madsen before the pod as well, and I think I feel like sometimes they get in each other's way. But again, it's a yeah. solvable issue. But they're both Madders likes to come in, you know, come deep, and that's where Benton Kerr is to pick pick up um, in, in his role as number six. So I just felt they were getting in each other's way a bit. I think that's also a natural consequence of playing a team who, uh, you know, of course, sort of sitting back, inviting us on, not mm. allowing uh, the fullbacks to do what they do, not allowing overloads. Mm. You know, Madison naturally is a heat seeker for the ball. He wants the ball. He's going to go and pick mm. it up in deeper positions at that point, partially out of frustration to get the game moving, I think. But I agree. I mean, some of the timings were a little off in terms of playing the ball in Udogi, um, you know, turned backwards rather than playing Werner in at one point but again that is part of learning your t- your new teammate and I-, I go back to this whole thing of like the connections you could see that you know things were just crackling and just a little offline but coming back together there was enough to let you know it's going to be okay this is a work in- back in progress yeah I mean I'd, I'd say you've got to factor in fatigue with you know certainly both of the fullbacks 100%. you know they've played a yeah. hell of a lot of football yeah yeah and yeah. when you're tired your decision making goes a little bit, or you know, you're just a little bit yeah. slower to spot the run and things like, you know, things like that. Yeah, I, th- I think you know, throughout the game, you're talking about Madison. I, you know, I mean, I like him going deep and picking up the ball. It's something yeah, he did earlier in the season. You know, it's part of his yeah. game. It really helps us, um, you know, play through play through teams and build from the back. Um, and I think I, I saw encouraging signs of him beginning to find Werner. But I think the thing we've got to bear in mind, and this is um, again, I've seen a little bit of criticism from Werner online. He's uh, and I think we've got to bear in mind that that kind of threaded pass through between the full back and yeah. the centre centre back for Werner to run onto from deep is bloody difficult to do. Mm. And even if yes. we're firing, we're probably only going to see it a couple of times a game. It's not an not an easy move to pull. I want off. more, damn it. <laughs> yeah, but you're but but you know you're right. I think that as a support yeah. base, you know, application of common sense in these moments will always help. And when you do take a step back, you're absolutely correct. That pass is. You know, it's it's a finite skill. 
Mm. We've become a little spoiled earlier in the season to seeing it happen. 100%. Um, you know, and again, we're, we're back to what we've been talking about. It's the theme of this pod, isn't it? That, you know, between the fatigue, between the connectivity, between the remi- you know, remembering your sight lines, all of these tiny little details, any of them are off. They take you somewhere. So I think for me, the, 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 the takeaway from the first half was that, you know, we still managed to hang in with the game, even though it wasn't the game we wanted it to be. Um, and, and that, that that's really good. That's that's a that's a positive sign. I think so. And I think you know, when looking at it with fresh eyes as well, we, we, we managed to turn over and intercept the ball a fair amount of times and and we created opportunities out of that. You know, Richie like intercepted the ball and, and there was a few times where it was just we were we were we had overloaded them, but it was just, we just let that killer pass or the instinct to create a real problem. Um and again, we can caveat that again all day with you know fatigue and and uh, the connections just coming back into life and things like that so it's not something i'm overly worried about and i realized actually looking at the stats of the game t- it tells a different story again to how i thought we played um you know actually we we uh, our stats were so much we were, we we were so much in the positive um, yeah. side compared to brighton you know and and um and i think that like maybe Looking back on it, I was probably over, overly critical in my head about them, the team, and you know, at the game. Uh, and also, as Milo said earlier, you know, we're playing a team with a who can expose our openness the way they expose everyone's openness. You know, when they're on when they're on the game, they're a good side. Quick question before we go into the second half. I wondered, and uh, it's not in the notes, so I'm, I'm throwing this one out there. How do you each feel we dealt with the ongoing, um, you know, um, what do you call it, barragement? That may be a word you can pick me up on, uh, of the keeper. Um, you know, we had Madison in there trying to act as a buffer. And what I noticed more than anything was the ref was watching all of that um, palaver. And then, is it Bunakare? Have I mispronounced his Coming name? Coming in late, yeah. yeah. Coming in and just like absolute clatter. Yeah. I mean, he's little clatterer, yeah. but he's still, yeah. He so how do you think we dealt yeah. with things generally? I mean, I think it's good that we've seen a change and uh, we're trying to address it it's always going to be very difficult to pick up late runners and you know particularly if it's someone coming you know running through and pushing the keeper i don't really see you know how that could be anything other than the foul um I mean, richie and um dunk had um yeah you know, quite quite a to do at, at set pieces as well um and and that was getting quite angry but i think the thing is is that with madison there on um yeah, Madison there. I do think that kind of draws the ref's attention to it and he was going in and talking yeah. to them. And you know, with that, you know, it, it, it just makes it easier for the ref to intervene, which is what, you know, what we want. And, you know, Brighton didn't benefit from it today. And, you know, it's, it's a funny one in terms of kind of the attention it's getting because this is something that's been, um, you know, happening all season. Uh, you know, Arsenal always put Ben White on keepers and do the same thing. It's, it's you know, this is, you know, the focus on Vic. And you know it isn't. It has been an issue since Man City, but this is something that a lot of teams have had to contend with this season and, and, and struggled with. So it's, it's not just us. And I think you know maybe I don't know sections of the media have been looking for a reason to you know kind of to pick on pick on Vic. I think or you know kind of just spotlight yeah. him. And well, yeah. yeah, it's that classic thing that we do um, in the UK. You know, and it's he's he's hardly put a foot wrong. And so we're, you know, you are, you end up looking for something and, and you're absolutely right that it is, it, it's something that happens at every football ground, regardless of the Premier League or whatever, you know, but, uh, keepers get uh, put under pressure. Um, but like you said, Milo, I think it's good that we've, we've highlighted it, uh, both in how we deal with it and also making, making a bit of a deal of it when, when we're coming into set pieces or, you know, corners specifically, because now, and, and Brighton didn't, they couldn't take advantage of this game. So hopefully that's just like a story that's been put to bed now what i didn't see us doing is putting uh, doing similar to them and if this is how the refs mm. are refereeing the game why aren't we putting van der ven on the on the opposition keeper or you know romero or you know richie mm. or you know any of the any of those guys would would be a handful and that's a great question i, I you know i think if, if, if there's mm. cheap goals to be scored from doing that we'd be mugs not to do it we you know we shouldn't be yeah. purists about this if you know until no, until, that's until very true you know, until refs start calling it out, we ought to be doing it, you know, we ought to be doing it as well. I mean, what's interesting is uh, I was really happy to see that uh, we did actually 
go to the PGMOL in the middle of the week and ask for clarification. And we publicize the fact that we have mm. done that, which is sort of as, as, as close to the sale as you can get as putting pressure on and complaining without actually complaining. We complained in the Tottenham way. <laughs> you know what I mean? We made it clear that we're complaining. But um, I was glad to see that Ange kind of demanded that we do that. And someone must have made the decision to It wasn't to Ange. No, no, no. It, it really wasn't important. Ange. No, it wasn't Ange. It was a club. It? And Ange, Ange was quite clear oh. that he had nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm interested. I've, I've missed something there. Yeah, no, it was he a club. No, but he had nothing to do with it, you think? No, no, it was a club decision. Mm, wow. And the I wonder how he just, feels about that. Yeah. Did, I mean, he, did he make a big a meal no, out no, of it? No, he hasn't made a big deal about it. Oh, right. I think, um, I'm sure they must have consulted with him, but I think probably from right. Angie's point of view, considering yeah. what he said about officials, he'd probably feel like a bit of a hypocrite if he was saying, oh, you know, we, we were yeah. into the PML right. yeah. and you know, made a thing of it. I'm, I'm, so I'm pretty that, sure from his point of view, he doesn't want to appear, appear to be a hypocrite. No, no, but that's why I like that's why I like the way it was done. Yeah. I can't believe he wouldn't have been involved somewhere. Like, But you're right, he's not going to want the heat, <laughs> yeah. but I think it was very cleverly done. But anyway, your finger's it, been up in the air for some time. <laughs> oh, no, I just, I just wanted to say, like, my final sort of word on that was that if, if City hadn't have scored the, go- the goal in the way they had in that minute of the game... This would have been a. This wouldn't have been a thing. It would have been a non-story, and the fact that it was an FA Cup weekend, so somewhat coming from that world of uh, coverage, it became a bigger story than it needed to be because it was an FA Cup weekend, not a Premier League weekend, where there's you know. It might even a be a bunch of games. It might even be the, because it was the Friday night game as well. So exactly. it dominates yeah. the Saturday media <laughs> yeah. round. If, if it was a Saturday three p.m. three p.m. <laughs> kickoff and there's loads of games going on at the same time, it probably doesn't get the same attention. Yeah. No, well, full disclosure. They discuss it, the, discuss it across the weekend, then it's a discussion point for pundits yeah, to talk I about. Mean, look, yeah. full disclosure for this week's pod, it was absolutely nowhere near the notes, but I thought I'd drag it back in and we'd have another five minutes of adding to that fire, right? So, uh, uh, you know, I, I feel there might be a bit of a, a you know, pod vasectomy on this uh, this bit of it. He might take the scissors to this, uh, Ram. Just no, to I'm going go, to go back, I'm gonna go back in, Steph. So on the Everton game last week, on the commentary on um, TNT Sports, in the UK we had Ali McCoyst who was absolutely devastated that Everton stopped doing it in the second half and he was just oh, yeah. like why, why aren't they doing it why aren't they you know it, and yeah I think I actually said at the TV at one point shut up Ali <laughs> So to nutshell the point of uh, this this particular uh, keepers being barged around, we really it's a big bit of a fuss over nothing, and we need to all move on from it. Not the least of which me, right? <laughs> um, all right, the second half, uh, which uh, certainly um, from our perspective contained considerably more energy than the first. Um, you know, give us your views on it. Uh, the the why whys. Uh, of that energy surge, you know, just get into it. I, mean, I think this has been a constant recently, hasn't it? As we've, we've come out and started really brightly, and I, I, f- I felt that was the case here. And um, yeah, the, the sale goal—it felt like we were building to it for some time. Mm. There was there was so many chances, and I think I think that Brighton were really struggling to live with us. And you know, I think that's that's really encouraging. And. Yeah, there's kind of, yeah, there's threaded ball, you know, I mean, that's, we were talking earlier on about the threaded balls, you know, that's what Sire ended up scoring from, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, my only obso- observation on that is I think Richie was offside. So if he'd actually been successful in squaring the ball for Richie, I think yeah. that it gets called oh, up. Yeah. And yeah, he's, he's lucky that. Yes. that, I think it's Dunk who puts it onto the post Dunk. and comes back to him. Yeah. Um, yeah, that I, I couldn't have happened to a better player. I really lose dunk. By the way, when he brought up what he did from the corner, it really annoyed me. I looked at him, he's sneering in Richie's face like some just horrible, dirty, like a toe rag. It was really annoyed. It really got me. So you're absolutely right. I noticed that and I was like, good. I'm glad it happened to you. Thank yeah. you for stopping it from being off. Anyway. <laughs> Go on. Sorry, I, I interrupted. Yeah, I, mean, I got going. Sorry. I, you know, I, I, it's one of those ones, you know, when you talk about officials, I'm sure if it was the other way around, you would be saying, how on earth wasn't he interfering with play? You know, he was behind him dunk only does that action because there's someone behind him um but yeah we were lucky there and uh the sars shot the second time around with his with his left foot as he was falling away was was really Mm. really good he took that really well and i think we should take you know take a moment say that he made a real difference coming back because some of that energy we've really been missing these last few weeks yeah yeah i agree and i think you know we we after that period of sustained pressure you know we looked dangerous and and you could feel perhaps that that goal was coming for sure and um you know we just looked we, we had more pace we were releasing we were releasing the ball early, early as well which is something i noticed compared to the first half we were um you know we, we were spending less time on the ball individually um 
which I think really is a, such a key component of how we play. Um, and there was more movement as well. I think I was getting a bit frustrated in the first half at times. With there was a bit of lack of movement, which I think is more to do with Brighton than us you know but um you know they they were good at kind of stopping that but yeah i was really you know really impressed with the first, with with that show and, and once we scored i think i i do think there was a still a worry for me that brighton could have got another um because they had their chances felt, yeah they they did they had their chance. there was one um i think it was good work from matoma on the left i can't remember who took the shot but it would have been another vdv nuts goal if if it had gone in it just sailed just past the post you know and they had their chances so I think we were you know it we, we it was quite tense still you know in the stadium we you know we, it, but we and I, I I have to admit I think at one point I was fuming at Hoybier I can't even remember why now but <laughs> he did something and I was like what <laughs> Milo it was, you, you used to come into the people around you and uh <laughs> No, I don't know. There was just to go. There was just there was something particular. I was like, "Oh, come on, mate!" But (laughs) but no, it It wasn't his absurd centre parting, was it? No, I was was going to come on to that. There's, there's, (laughs) go on, let's do it. We're here. You've got a question later on about haircuts, so I was saving it back for then. Let's save it for then. We can save it for then. Yeah, there is the touch of a kind of flat roof pub thug um, look about this centre parting. It's kind of. Yeah, oh, flat yeah. roof pub thug. That sounds like yeah. something like Mike Skinner from the streets would uh, would have written about, yeah. or a, a not modern day Sleaford mods classic, right? Yeah, <laughs> great. I love that. Nineties, early two thousands, kind of. Yeah, flat roof chain pub smoking. Thug. I ain't nobody's mug. Go fuck yourself. I'll take you out. I'll take you out. I can hear it. It's a great line. Oh. Yeah, I love that flat yeah. roof pub thug. I'm not going to be able to get that out of my head now. <laughs> Pierre Emil Hoybier, you flat roof pub thug. <laughs> it's a little, it's a little bit Begbie, isn't it? I think. It, you know, yeah. oh, what a great that's call! It. He yeah, is yeah, a bit yeah, Begbie. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's absolutely. I like that. He is a bit Begbie, yeah. isn't he? And, I, I agree with. And that. that's what that. we need, don't we? At the corners, what we need him to do is to chuck the glass over his shoulder and go, "Which one of you cunts did that?" You know, and then just yeah. kick off. <laughs> indeed, indeed. I, I've got to go back to Sar for a minute. I've got to say, I mean, two things. Number one, as as we've all said, I mean, just what a pleasure to have him back. How important he is to everything we do in terms of adding to the overloads, the movement, the tireless energy off the ball. What I, I that finish. That finish, for some reason, made me think of Brazil 1982. I don't know what it was. I think it was just, I mean, Socrates never finished a chance quite like that. But the balance and poise and smoothness of that finish at such a moment, that's a a hard ricochet coming back at you onto your wrong Mm. foot. It was was incredible, swan-like grace in putting it away. Unbelievable finish. A hundred percent. And when it came back off the post, actually, I don't think many of us in the stadium thought that it, that was going into the back of the net because <laughs> well, it just I, seemed like we'd, yeah, did we'd anyone, missed the opportunity. Yeah. Did anyone? No, it was incredible. And and, and again, mm. I think his energy is so important as well. So, yeah, mm. I, I, I agree with everything that everyone said. But to your point as well, Ram, about, you know, this game was far from done. Um, and, you know, we'll get into... Uh, some of the the factors I think helped bring us over the line. I do want to ask you each about the subbing. Um, you know, Decky, who had had, I think, a poor first half, mm-hmm. had had, mm-hmm. I think, conversely, uh, one of his better, like, 25, 30-minute spells of football, uh, you know, in 2024. I mean, he was really starting to tear it up. Uh, and then, obviously, there's, there's the double switch. Um, you know, it could be argued... You know, there's a momentum shift in those uh, subs. There again, <laughs> looking at the strength of the bench, dear me, anyone at that point, yeah, anyone who tri- turns around and questions it is a bit mm. of a Monday morning quarterback, as they say over here, right? I mean, it's like yeah. we would all have made those changes, right? Yeah, I mean, plenty of people were. But did they about, impact the game? Plenty of people were complaining about those subs at the time, and I, I think. Yeah, we lo- we I think we lost a little. The game became a bit more transitional after those players came mm. on, partly because of you know how they play. Um, but you know, Basuma, uh, Johnson, and Son coming on uh, was great to see, and just you know, real real strength yeah. there. And you know, we've talked about um, you know kind of Benton Kerr's 
you know, you know well, we've talked about players who who look rusty. We've looked talked about players who look tired, and I think uh, I think Benton Kerr probably came back a little early, you know, through through a sense of yeah. duty. I think he was he was probably playing on adrenaline when he came back, and and now you know the tanks a little bit empty, and, and he's struggling a bit. And I think Basuma coming in and um, you know giving us options. I think really makes a difference if he's fit and he's able to, you know, able to start games, then I'd be starting Basuma against Wolves, let Benton Kerr have a bit of a rest. And then, you know, you've got that two week break after, after Wolves, uh, which could be exactly what he needs. Um, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think bringing back Basuma coming on was, it was really nice to see actually. And, and, and that he was, he, he was straight away got involved and got stuck in and, um, you know, and he was kind of trying to metronome, <laughs> metronome it a little bit and, and bring it forward and things. And so, yeah, that was good to see. And I think, I think those, that triple sub was, you know, I, I was, I was, I was a bit disappointed to see Decky come off just purely because, like you said, Steph, I thought he was really beginning to purr. Um, and or he was purring, um, but I also again I understand it because he's played a lot of football and he's played you know in two different positions as well you know and and you, if you have an option on the bench a good option on the bench to bring on you you do it you know you protect your players. I think the other thing with Basuma is when when he was going off to Afcon or actually sorry the kind of end of the year when he got the red card because he, he had a period before that that when he, he couldn't play because he was suspended didn't wasn't he? Um, people were a bit down on him and I think people were overreacting a little bit to that um to that red card um but i think he's benefiting the you know, the best if, if if the fans are down on you the best place you can be is out of the team because then people see what you miss and i think you know could his stock his stock has risen um you know particularly over the last few weeks where we've had you know hoybier playing there a bit more um who again you know as we said doesn't doesn't quite fit the system as well um and yeah i think he's he's been redeemed a little bit because people have forgotten about him <laughs> i think uh I think also I do think it's a bit of a compliment to Biss as well because I think some of the reason why people were down on him was because they knew what we would miss with him out of the team, um, you know, and 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 I think that was a reason because we had such a bad injury issue at the at the time and so losing a player for that amount of time uh, through a red card I think was why people were <clears throat> you know down on him but I agree it, you, it's not deserved at all but I also agree that you really see what saw what we missed when he came back. Briefly, and I, I'm going to give my thoughts on the Basuma thing, but I just wanted to say about Decky, he looked a little pissed off when he was substituted. And you know what? I'm not unhappy to see that. I mean, mm. I'm glad that the manager's challenging him. He's just finished his best 20, 25 minutes of, of 2024. Okay, well, look who's coming on. <laughs> it's competition mm. and your place is you, just because you're having a good 20, 25 minutes. If I feel that I need to rotate and rest you, I'm going to do it. So I, th- I think that's a good thing. And I think that Decky is, is an excellent professional who will rise to that challenge. And I'm hopeful mm. now we're going to see him really unleash himself a little more because I think a lot of that is in his head. I do think so. Um, but yeah, with Biss, look, I'm one of the people who definitely reacted quite strongly. And I think that what I think you're right, Milo, that it, yeah overreaction possibly but i also think you're right ram there's very much you know what how important he is to this manager this manager said so many times you know this guy is so important to me he's one of the players he's called out and you're like i just want to know that we can trust you and that moment when he you know with the cards and everything there was so important to get an extra couple of matches because we needed it before he left. We knew he was going. So I think from my perspective, I was definitely, I felt let down. And look, again, maybe unfair, you know, let's hope that he just settles and, and really, you know, learns to mm. stay on the pitch. Just um, just briefly on Decky, I think we've also got to bear in mind that Decky's another one who's been looking gassed recently. Yeah. And, you know, didn't start last weekend, you know, came off mm. against Brentford as well. And I think... Yeah, I I, th- I think he's he's looked tired, and I think part of it is managing managing fitness. And you know, at last we've actually got decent options on the bench, so so yeah. that we can do it. So you know, that's that's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, how great we're we're talking about potential negatives and rustiness and so on, but I hope that. Um... <clears throat> I think everyone is noticing, and I hope that they are, that, you know, there are tremendous positives to come from all of it. Mm. I mean, let's talk about sunny right now, shall we? (laughs) Things are sunnier than they have been for a while. He's back from working with his uh, second favourite manager in world football and Milo's personal hero, Jurgen Klinsmann. (laughs) No, actually, I get the impression, uh, mate, like you, that I get the impression that Sonny actually might not like Jurgen very much. (laughs) I I think... 
his whole, all of his countrymen and women hate Jürgen as well. He's massively unpopular. Um, (laughs) And for good reason, he doesn't know what he's doing. I mean, he really did. uh, He made um, a sow's ear out of a silk purse, really, didn't he, in terms of what he had and what he got. And uh, anyway, so, well, we we got Sonny back. And and in fairness, um, I think you said, Ram, that you would have picked him to start, right? Uh, I think the manager's done really well not to. I think he probably did need protection. As you said, Milo, a lot of emotional stuff there as well. Sonny's a, a very emotional player. You know, he's got emotional, a big emotional heart, I should say. Comes on the pitch, look to us from our little screens like there was a bump in the electricity. So come on, Ram. <laughs> How did it feel? <laughs> Do you know what? after all his years of service, all the goals, all the assists, magic moments, what he brings as a captain and as a human being, I still underestimated how much we actually love him. Because when Ange called him back from warming up from the um, corner of the West Stand, it started as a little low rumble. And then it just started reverberating around the whole stadium when we realised, oh, he's, he's coming on. And from the moment he entered the pitch, you know, he came, he came striding through the middle of the pitch into the centre circle, waving his hands up and down at the players, at us. And you really did feel the energy shift. And, and boy, did he put in a shift as well, you know, and he, he's that important to us. Uh, and I just, I think even after all of that, I underestimated just how important he is. Yeah, I mean, I think that's part of the reason why the game got a bit scrappy and end-to-end, because I think everyone got a bit pumped up and I think, mm. you know, maybe the adrenaline was ru- you know, running because of the, the <laughs> noise in the ground and, and everything. And, yeah, I think, yeah, we lost a little bit of control in that period. I mean, in the end, you know, it helped us because, you know, it's a transitional goal that we've scored. Um, but that could also, you know, play into Brighton's hands because that's how they set up to play. Yeah, and uh, it was just so so great to see him out there. And look, we'll talk about the impact he had in a minute. Uh, well, so great to see him out there, and what an impact he did end up having. I mean, uh, you know, he was in, intrinsic in in the final move. Um, <laughs> this week was our turn to remember how much we love a late goal. Um, uh, by the way, I, I have to say to if if you want to go searching on YouTube, someone's posted a brilliant angle of that winning goal from the East stand where you can see the light above the cockerel. You can see the pitch below. It's this just beautiful light. It's this, it just the light. I can't even describe it. It's out. It's just, oh, wow. it's like a visual symphony for the goal. It's just, and then the crowd goes, it's, it really is. It's, it's like, you know, Caravaggio. It's like any, any of these wonderful art, uh, you know, classic pieces of art. And it's just, and it was an artistic goal, wasn't it? It was beautiful. Mm. Yeah, really well taken. And yeah, it's Johnson's yeah. it's the second time in two home games where he's come off the bench and scored. And mm. you know, both goals from you know similar spot as well. Um you know, I think when we talk about the, the substitutions and you know the criticism of them, um it was yeah, obviously it was you know, a pass from one sub to the other for the for the goal. Um, you know, Decky was on the pitch, he's not making that run that Johnson's made. We got a little bit lucky that uh, ben Davis had to come on for Udogi because I think that Skip was going to come on for Madison, and I don't think I don't think Skip is going to you know find that pass to Richie in quite the same way. So yeah, I think there was quite a lot, you know, a little bit of fortune, but that's you know that's football, and um, yeah, a lovely lovely pass. And I think Johnson did really well because it was bobbling quite a lot as it went across. Yeah, yeah. and he did really well to to you know to put it away. Do you know he's? I think he. Um... His celebration was as cool as you like. He was so calm and just, you know, so so like composed about it. But then when you listen to him after yes. the game, he said, I was so, I mean, not in, I'll, I'm not saying verbatim, but it basically was so shit scared yeah. of skying it over the bar that I Nervous. think there was just relief that he, he, he managed to get it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in net. footballer terms, because he said that on air, I think it tells you he was shit scared. And I think it's yeah, interesting yeah. because we've all talked on this pod about, and, 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 and as of the other boys as well, um, you know, Gareth and, and Ricky, we've talked about the fact that he is such a confidence player and he's going through mm-hmm. that moment where you feel just he needs this season to remind himself that he is the player he is and he's got the talent mm-hmm. he's got. And, you know, these things are, you know, they're debate, right? They're speculation until they're not. Mm-hmm. When he said that, he confirmed it. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it's really interesting. I mean, it's like, wow. And he said, uh, he almost said he didn't over-celebrate because he didn't feel he'd been playing well. Uh, if I remember correctly, he made some reference to the fact he didn't feel that he, no, he sort of I, felt, I thought, felt he, I thought he said he felt gassed, but, um, oh, uh, <laughs> there you go. There, that's probably what um, I said. I've probably spun <laughs> off on one of my conjectural <laughs> points. I, I, I think he ought to be pretty pleased with his return because his goal involvements over the last, 
yeah. in a few months is wow. very, very, very Quite. impressive. And yeah, you know, I think he's, he's he, he, you're not going to expect him to start too many games when everyone's fit. I think we all know that Sun Richie and Decky is our first choice front three, but as a you know rotation option or you know coming off the bench, he's really, really useful. That's mm. I'm sure that's how we intended to use him this season when we signed him, and because of the injuries and everything else, he's had to play a lot more than he than he's needed to, or sorry, than we'd intended to. Um, and hopefully for the rest of the season, we can we can use him as as we wanted to, and that will give him a chance to um, to settle in. I thought it was really interesting uh, against which one was it? Was it the Brentford game? I can't remember. It was Brentford when he, when he yeah it must have been Brentford when he was on the bench, um, and said that he wanted him to watch the game. And then become involved in it, and then through observing it, he would you know get an idea of what he needed to do. Um, so I think it's interesting hearing what Ange is talking about and how, you know how he views it. No, I I I I've sort of wondered if that's been the case. I hadn't actually he- heard that has uh, been said, but I'd wondered that myself whether Ange was saying to him, "Look, pay attention because you're going to see the things that I want you to do." Um, but by the way, a quick quick message to Brennan: if you are listening to the pod this week, I, we know you listen most weeks. Just know that if you need a quick half hour of therapy with either myself or Milo, we'll 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 remind you of of, of the tools you've got and how well you've been doing, and we'll uh, show you your stats because I believe your assist stats are pretty high this season as well. So um, just give us just give us a call, mate. We'll help you through. <laughs> just just wanted to go back to the whole late goal thing. I think like I was I I genuinely settled for the point up to the moment Maddis released Richie because uh, and that's not normally what I do. I'm normally like you know mm. oh we could, we might be able to get back in this, but I'd settled for it because we were so late into injury time. Um, but like as much as it'd be great for us to have the game comfortably won by 75th minute. It, just this season, even there's been three or four end of game moments that I'll just remember and cherish forever. So the Spurs fan in me just says, just keep those coming. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I know, I know it's not probably yeah, a, a downfall as well, but you know, oh. life can throw a bit of a shit sandwich at you at times. And the release I got, I screamed, <laughs> you know, and, and like, we're you know, we're all, we're all going through things, every, every, you know, all of us, it's whatever nice. it is, individually, collectively, and just, you know, you're at the church of White Hart Lane and you get to just preach you know and, and scream and just bring them on comfortable wins are for lesser clubs it's boring <laughs> correct absolutely yeah. well stated and it's a yeah. reminder that that shit sandwich you're holding uh you suddenly remember it's a glorious toasted nutella special uh so, yeah. no i agree i agree well said again, Milo. Another God, you're coming out with song titles, and maxims of great, great importance this week. God, is there no limit to this man's agreement on language, on new language? Yeah. So yeah. it's very, it's very exciting Ill. for me in my in my professional capacity to hear this because uh, <laughs> I like to think of myself as more of a Hubert Selby Junior than some plodder from the Daily Mail. Um, anyway, <clears throat> uh, Romero um, once again imperious. I mean, I I think I was we were having a chat before we started recording I, I was saying that I felt it was his best that last 25 minute spell I felt was his absolute best of the season I just he led by example he kept us hanging in the game you know in through that wobbly sort of unpredictable spell we've just been talking about um and he's doing it uh fearlessly yet you know cardlessly <laughs> so <laughs> He spoke to the standard about uh, the evening standard that is about how he's been working on modifying his game to avoid unnecessary, uh, you know, yellows. Um, do you think he's a better player for it than he was even three months ago? Do you think he's had to sacrifice any of himself to be this slightly calmer individual? Yeah, I think probably I'd flip it the other way around. He's certainly not a lesser player. Um, I think Van der Ven has probably been getting, you know, catching the eye a bit more since he came back just because of those kind of recovery tackles and, and you know his pace obviously you know and was it this week they he, he's clocked up the fastest speed ever for a premier league player um I, you know that, that catches the eye and i think romero has just been kind of quietly steadily going about his business and you know, people have you know, maybe overlooked him a little bit i think the other thing we've got to factor in is he's been wearing the armband and I think he's been taking that responsibility, you know, that responsibility yeah. seriously. I think Anne just said the same that he's seen a change in him around the training ground, and he, he you know, he takes that seriously. I saw an interview with um, some of our Spanish-speaking players earlier in the season. I think Porro, trying to think who the other one was, I can't remember, but they were they were saying there's a group of the Spanish-speaking players, and, and the interviewer asked them, you know, who was the kind of leader of that, and they both looked at each other and just like 
Cootie. There was like there was no question about it. Cootie is is the leader of that group of players. Um, I, th- I also thought it was really nice to see him go over to Sun and put the armband on Sun when Sun was coming yeah. on. I thought it was a really nice touch and showed you know kind of showed respect and um, you know as we said earlier in the season that little leadership team we've got there between you know Sun, Cootie, and, and Madders was just a really sharp um, you know, pick by mm. by Ange and is working really well so yeah i agree with everything you're saying steph i thought that he you know you didn't want to lose the devil from him but i think i've been proved wrong i think he's he's looking pretty decent and uh yeah particularly later in the game as you're talking about there where i really like him is when we're playing very very high up and he's seeing a lot of the ball and he's he's kind of dictating yeah. play from the base of it yeah. he's just head Great. and shoulders above everyone else at that it's oh, um, it's brilliant when, when yeah. we're camped in the opposition half and we're, we're mm. i think there's a photo from the game i saw where not only were we camped in their half we were camped halfway you know the our furthest pl- player back was halfway through their half yeah. so yeah no it's great and he's i think um I, th- I think he doesn't get enough credit for actually how much of the play goes through him when we are progressing forward as well you know and, and he's kind of he's almost like the the trigger uh, the other way around you know as opposed to the press but um he's still no nonsense but you can see him evolving like as each game goes by now like he's harnessing his that toughness in a positive way yeah there's little moments where you th- before he might have taken a nibble uh, or he might have been dragged into a verbal altercation and he's mm. just man he's actually i've watched him turn around and walk away from situations yeah. where before he might have stood for a bit of a bit of a tea and a chat if you yeah we were, we were talking about this really before we, important thing we were talking about this before we came on weren't we when we we're saying that you know previously think about that brentford game when mope was winding everyone up mm. six months a year ago cootie would have snapped him he, he would have found an opportunity to to go in on him halfway up the pitch um when everton were doing you know roughing up vic i think in the past he probably probably would have seen red and, and gone for someone and yeah we i don't think we've really seen we haven't seen that. I mean, maybe that Chelsea game, yeah, was that turning point. Mm, I think so. And I was actually going to bring up the Brentford game because I, um, watching it there, I think I even put in our chat, oh, Romero's getting a bit Romero-y. But it was only for about two or three minutes. And I, c- I could see the, his change of demeanour where he started getting a bit prowly. But he righted himself and he was he was dominant after that you know so it's all part of this evolution that he's going through and and he's 25 he's not or, or 26 maybe he's not he's no he's not near his prime yet i, I mean in fairness neil malpay would make me a bit romero i mean he's just <laughs> what an absolute bell end but anyway let's let's leave that uh, yeah and and again we have to remember 25 um you know one of the leadership group one of our captains and already a world cup winner mm. i mean you know it's all settling in and i think also having cheat mode back Beside him is certainly of great assistance, right? Not, I mean, not just to the team, but I think to, to Christian as well. Um, I, there was a moment uh, during the game yesterday. It might have been the first moment where I actually lost control of myself and I screamed, fuck off. I, and it was the first moment that the camera showed uh, the uh, <laughs> Brighton goalkeeper Luke Steele's hair. Now, I know that this is not a tactical thing or anything, but goodness gracious, I mean, I can't be the only person who spotted this egregious Barnet, which, I mean, give the guy a loot, a pair of like, you know, baggy pantaloons and put him back in medieval times as as some sort of perverse court jesterish type figure. That was appalling. It was the most appalling hair I've seen (laughs) on a a visiting team member's head at the new lane. Did did either of you notice this egregiousness or was it just me? I didn't notice it at the game. I've got to admit, Steph, and normally uh, we're quite—I think we're quite aligned in um, Barnet-related um, monstrosities. But I, I didn't see it at the game. But I did Google it when I saw the question. And for me, it feels like there's three haircuts fighting it out for dominance on his head. He's been fucked over. Which, He's yeah. been <laughs> fucked over by his hairdresser because it's clear that the hairdresser's just got a call, buggered off, and not come back to finish the job. And you, you know, he's probably paid quite a lot of money for that haircut. I was just appalling. I was distracted by Pierre's so anyone else's (laughs) funny enough we were talking about talking about haircuts when we played City the other week I I was thinking then about um, De Bruyne like yeah, really, really wealthy man. Oh, and, oh yeah. Yeah, a bad yeah, haircut. What like, is that? like the use of gel that 
Yeah. You know, it's kind of thing really like weird. a 14-year-old going to their first school disco or something. It's yeah. kind of the way he was using the, the, the gel. And, um, yeah, the, the, you look at Man City, you know, so the best played footballers in the world, and you'd assume going to really decent kind of hair salons, and there's a lot of shit haircuts going on there. Um, yeah, and there's Pierre's, a lot of just, in the hairdressing business. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just, just going on to Pierre's, it, it looks like he's – maybe he's missing lockdown or something, and he's getting his wife to cut it for him or something. He's definitely got those kind of – that's going to vibe. <laughs> oh dear. And uh, I just, I'm so delighted that we're edging back into completely nonsensical observations and territory, but Hey, we can't help ourselves. These are the things that I notice amidst all the wonderful uh, uh, transitions and so on and so forth. So I'm glad that you uh, also noticed it, albeit Ram, you had to go and research it, but you were offended, right? I was offended. Yeah. Thank yeah. You. All right. Very good. Um, that does bring <laughs> us onto a general question. What did we think of Brighton? I mean, I got one observation. So De Serbi wasn't there because he, he was suspended. But then he also had everything's like quite extensive dental work being done, which I think is a clear signal that he's going to be taking the Liverpool job in the summer because all of their managers <laughs> seem to get new teeth. Um, so so true. he's, he's well obviously spotted. got a nod and, you know, send the cheque to Anfield. I'll, I'll have a new set of Nashers and... So if we see him in the press conference kind of next weekend and he's got a you know, complete set of kind of pristine, pearly white, big, big teeth, then yeah, definitely get, get some money on him going straight to, down again, the to the job. These are the off-the-ball observations that this pod gives you that you'd be well advised to seize as an opportunity. I'm I'm off down I'm, the betting shop after that. Yeah, one. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't bet, but I will literally, if, if he has... a beautiful set of Nashes. I'm going to take Milo's lead and I'll put yeah. some money on I think I think we should all agree here just because it's such a, <laughs> yeah. good, such a good call that if he comes back with teeth that look remotely white we put a fiver on it I'm like you I don't bet yeah. either but I'm I'm so inspired by that observation I'm going for yeah, it let's yeah do it. same as you I'm there okay let's, and we'll, we'll see what happens yeah yeah very good but, anyway um, if we want to do the tactical stuff Brighton were alright weren't they they're well coached sides yeah. and, you know, they're decent there we go <laughs> I think, yeah, I think, you know, they're well drilled. They, they can be enjoyable to watch. Um, I really like Matoma and mm. like, I thought he caused us a few problems yesterday and I, I think he'd be brilliant for us. And yeah, I, be perfect. I think Andrew's he's exact, a big fan he's before, exactly he, what before we're he even went to Brighton. He's yeah. exactly what yeah, we're missing, totally. but I don't think we could afford him. No, no. I just, is, they bought him for four million, didn't I, they? Yeah, I, I, I just, look, I... I suppose the wheels on my uh, Brighton appreciation wagon have fallen off. I just thought they were they they broke the game up in the first half, like a line around, like you know these. I'm hurt, little injuries. Lewis Dunk really annoyed me yesterday. The stuff he was doing with Richie Pascal Gross quite chippy as well. By the way, delighted to see how pissed off he was at the final whistle. That gave yeah. me some distinct pleasure. I sort of the I don't know the wheels. Have, I've just said it. The wheels have come off my Brighton wagon. Okay, great. You know. You're well organised doing that. But look, do you want to be a fucking great side? Do you want to really push? Or are you just going to regress to being sort of like a, a Brentford? When I feel they're on the precipice of potentially being a Brentford, especially they can't keep on losing all those good players every year. Everyone says they've ridden out the losses of the summer or the sales of the summer that they just had. No, they haven't. They've had four wins in the last 16 or 17 games. So they clearly haven't. Uh, yeah, whatever. I mean, con considering they're f further ahead in their project than we are, and we're above them in the league now, and they're similar to us in in certain ways. But we're, you know, mm. but they've got less quality in their squad than we have. I agree with you. I think that mm. you know they should be a, 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 a club that like them should be trying to kick on. And you know, but maybe that maybe I'm being a bit like you know maybe that is with 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 all due respect to Brighton, maybe that is just their level. Um, you know, and, and like you said, it could be like Brentford. The wheels have come off for me with Brentford as well after no, our last game and, and Mopé or whatever. So, I mean, I think, you're, you know, obviously you're both football hipsters. You know, you like the kids who like, you know, the, the, <laughs> the debut single from a band. And then, you know, once they start playing the big venues, you lose interest. And, you know, it was Brent, it was Brentford and Brighton. It's all Bournemouth for you guys now, isn't it? And, <laughs> um, you know, that's... Yeah, I, I like them before, compare, I, I like them before they were big. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he loves um, it, doesn't he? He loves it. But of course, he's now just what he's doing now, Ram, is he's that guy who keeps on listening to that like hipster band that when they're everyone's jumping off the wagon because they're producing shit albums. But he will stoically stick with it because he I'm, was there at the beginning. Yeah. I, I'm, the, he's I'm not the, exa the exact opposite of that, actually. I, no, I am no, kind no, of like, I know you are. <laughs> first album and then go and look for something else. So. Yeah. 
Um, in, in fairness, your musical taste is generally, in my opinion, impeccable. I mean, one day we should actually, the three of us, uh, given that we've got um, the, the nimble fingers that created the theme tune uh, for us now on this pod as well. I think the three of us should do a music pod at some point. I think it'd I'd be fun. To. We could and get get Ricky in as well. Get Gareth yeah. in. We should do a music pod at some point. Anyway, yeah, I really do. I'd love to have that. But and I We'd think we should do it. I think we spares. should do it. I think we should try. <laughs> we always end up talking about music in this pod. We do. We end up we talking do. about and if you're, in that pod. Yeah, and if you're listening, uh, you know, why don't you let us know through one of these social media platforms that you connect with us with? Let us know if you'd like to hear that. I think well, I'd I'd like to do it. But anyway, anyway. Have I dragged us off point enough? Shall we go to one positive, one <laughs> negative in 30 seconds? Let's do that. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. I'll, uh, I'll nutshell them both. So uh, my positive is Sonny's return. I think he's just such a huge presence for all of us. Um, and negative, it's another match where we needed a bit of a, perhaps a rocket at halftime to get properly going. So maybe less of that. Um, positive, last minute goals are great uh, this week. Uh, negative, I th- you, <laughs> Brighton had you know, two, three four chances that were very, very close to going in and it could have been very different. So, mm. um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling positive, but I'm, I'm conscious that I'm kind of, you know, following the result really. It could have, it could have, it could have, um, easily ended up all square. Yeah, the positive is, you know, we we are sort of a very exciting, uh, like an exciting Daft Punk in their prime, actually. I think, and uh, you know, we've we've had a few glitches in the system recently, but that move at the end, with especially framed as it was by the light coming from behind, that was just we're back in swing. The crowd is moving, the grooves were going. It it felt like we're really starting to find it again, and that was really exciting for me. Um, and that's a huge positive is that you know all the pieces are there, they're settling in. It's it's happening. It's going to happen. Um, the negative, uh, well, I suppose, you know, I can't really think of a, a huge negative. I mean, obviously, you want to beat teams cleanly every week and you want to maybe be a little more convincing. But I, I didn't see anything particularly negative. This was one of those days where any adversity we, we, we suffered and endured, we came through. And uh, so, I mean, it's another positive. And I, I hate to sound like one of these happy, clappy people, but I don't I don't have a negative, really. No, I'm going to leave it. I'm going to check it there. For our listeners, it, it's a hell of a job me having to edit out the tambourine that you wave around when you're talking every week. It's, um, <laughs> it's really difficult. So. You, you do know, I have to tell you, speaking of tambourines, <laughs> I have a ticket to see the Happy Mondays after the uh, after the Forest game at home. I'm oh, going to get nice. on the, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, happy Mondays and Stereo MCs. I don't know what that says about me, but uh, you talk about tambourines. There'll be a couple of tambourines out that night. So anyway. <laughs> i get on to the week that was. Yes, indeed. I think we can rattle through these pretty quickly. So Todd Klein has resigned as Spurs' chief commercial officer, and the expectation is that he'll join Chelsea after a period of gardening leave. Oh, well. Any yeah, they're welcome to him. Yeah. <laughs> Meh. Um, on better news with the Tottenham executives, Johan Langer, um, he gave his first um, TV interview since becoming our technical director last autumn when he um, he did the, what, yeah, what was the kind of Paratici spot of um, speaking to Spurs play about our January transfer window. Did either of you watch this? What do you think of him? Go on, Steph. I didn't. I'm so sorry. I I, I did watch it. You know, he's he's very, very... um quite a serious chap, I thought. Yeah. Um, he's all business, isn't he? And I found myself, so help me, missing a little bit of the old uh, Paratici sort of swagger, a little bit of, ooh, a little bit, we missed a little bit of that continental swagger, but hey, the he's... Black, he... Yeah, the black book um, approach, go on, Rav. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just, I, mean, I, I just got a reveal, like, just in that moment, because I'd missed that question, and I'd reverted, like, into a schoolboy with Milo there, when he was like, oh, did, did either of you watch it? And I read the question, I was like, <laughs> Oh, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry, sir. <laughs> no, no, sir. You paint a picture of Milo like he's a <laughs> No, not at all. Nothing, nothing not. against that's Milo. All, that's, just, that's you. For some that's, reason, that's I reverted back to this. Yeah, you can go yeah. and do your homework I missed the question. Yeah. You, you can go, go and watch it right now. Watch it tonight watch it, once then, we finish recording. Yeah, and then write out your views on it a hundred times and have it on my desk for the morning. Um, <laughs> I, I think no, it's um, very good what he said wasn't it i mean he said good yeah. stuff I, he's meant to be quite shy um and I, at villa he didn't really do any media work or anything like that so and i think that came across you know uh, we know that paratici was a lot more used to that he was doing kind of post-match interviews and stuff like that when he was in italy and you know he's just more comfortable with that kind of stuff 
I mean, proof is the pudding is in the window and we had a good window. So, you know, more power to him. I'm interested to see what he can do in the summer. And puddings finally... In puddings in windows, my way. Yeah. Another video and finally, <laughs> this was on the running order for last week, but I binned it off when your connection got blown away, Steph, because I know you wanted mm. to talk about it. So mm. Ben Davis was sharing, this is a, a week or so ago now, I've been sharing some of these recent reading material on Instagram and then giving them giving his books away to his followers. Um, it's an impressive uh, list of, uh, of books with a few on data analytics in sports, sports management, cryptocurrency, and what looks like a fascinating book about the uh, succession of control of Paramount Global and Me Too. It's, um, the blurb of when I was reading up on it said that it's um, kind of like a real-life succession of what was going on there. It uh, looks quite interesting. Anyway, Ben's a good man. It's a nice move, isn't it? Um, what did you think of you know, his reading list? Steph, I know that you bought one of his books, didn't you? How are you getting on with it? I did. Uh, first of all, yes. What a great gesture from from someone who uh, is increasingly becoming one of the the, 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 the yeah, mental powerhouses of our of our dressing room and our football club, right? I mean, I think we all see a great path forward for, for Ben Davies, uh, given, given the way he seems to operate. And this is the latest proof of it. And uh, it's a lovely way to bring fans in as well. I think that's tremendous. You know, he sends these books to the first people who respond. I was too slow because uh, I don't look at that particular platform as much as I should. But having seen it, I saw that he uh, had expected goals, the story of how data conquered football and changed the game forever by Rory Smith on his list of giveaways. And, uh, you know, challenging myself to maybe become a little more, um, you know, educated about how data about how and when data came into the game or should I say organize my thoughts I mean I've been aware of it but anyway the book is really good um what's one of the most fascinating things about it I will say is that Rory Smith gets into the Damien Camoli um uh, right. effect on this particular area of the game and and really articulates uh, in you know sophisticated yet layman's terms exactly how important what he did was uh in data and he gets into this this company that Spurs started working with um that really were actually revolutionary in this concept. So I think it's very interesting. We've talked about Brighton and Brentford and how important their approach to this has all been. We've also talked about how Daniel Levy uh, wanted a director of football as way back, you know, with Frank Arneson. This book tells you that we were actually pioneers of, of this particular approach in the game. It's really interesting. I, I, I encourage it. It's, it's really well written. Yeah, it's really what's well, what's frustrating is we had that and then we threw it away. We had that advantage yes. and we gave it away. I, I mean, I think one of the interesting things about uh, Ben Davis's reading here and things I've heard him saying in interviews and then also I know some of the training courses he's been on that the FA put on, it appears to me that he's you know, post-playing, he's pre preparing himself for kind of a, foot, a football administration role of some type. It looks like he wants to be you know, the next Johan Langer or, um, you know, in that kind of area. I know that he's been along to see the kids quite a lot with Simon Davis um, recently. So it looks like that that kind of area, you know, is what he's aiming at. And, you know, really interesting seeing, seeing how he's getting along with it. I look forward to his next reading list. Yep, I agree. Agreed. And, uh, well... That is us. I think we're at the end. Thanks very much, chaps. That was, uh, was a good one this week. Really, really, really a lot nice of fun. One, Steph. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Uh, we'll be back next week to chat about our game against Wolves and catch up with the latest news. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you then.